when they said that word blindness. That's one of those words that you just never expect. I mean, there's just some words that just totally shock you and shake you. And blindness was one of those words. Jennifer was 15 years old when she learned that she was going to lose her eyesight. I don't remember even, you know, saying anything back to the doctors. I I don't remember my parents saying anything. I just remember this overwhelming um, silence falling on us. So much painful information. Jennifer Rothschild is an author, Bible teacher, wife, and mom who just happens to be blind. She is our guest on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. After Jennifer shares about her life and some of the challenges of living in the dark, Billy Graham will share some thoughts about spiritual blindness. We're spiritually blind because the Bible teaches not only do you have physical eyes, but you have spiritual eyes. And the Bible teaches that your eyes are closed. But your spiritual eyes can be opened. Find out how a little later in this episode. Or if you'd like, find out right now by paying a visit to findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. GPS. God. People. Stories. Most of my childhood was in Miami, Florida, and my daddy's a pastor, so I grew up in the church, loved the church, and I loved Jesus. But it wasn't until I was in the third grade that I really kind of began to understand the very personal claims of Christ, and that that required a personal response from me. And so Jennifer Rothschild surrendered her life to Jesus when she was eight. One of her biggest loves at the time was art. I loved to draw. I loved to paint, and I had an artist eye, people would say. In fact, that's what I wanted to do when I grew up. I wanted to be an artist. Now fast forward to middle school, and Jennifer was the go-to girl for anything artistic. In the eighth grade, she was chosen to create a banner for field day. So she and a friend got a large white bed sheet and started decorating it in the gym. And I began to sketch in the center of the sheet an image of a lion, And as I was sketching this lion, I noticed that on the bed sheet, up toward the top left-hand corner, it looked like eraser dust. When Jennifer reached up to wipe the dust away, it didn't move. I was very confused, but it, it, it stayed. So I continued to create this lion, and then I noticed that on the top right hand side of the sheet, It looked like there someone had taken a Sharpie and jabbed it on the sheet. There were these dark black little spots, and I tried to wipe those away, and they remained. So at this point, I was so confused, and I looked over to my friend who was helping me, and I said to her, I cannot believe that this sheet is so dirty. It was brand new. I cannot believe it was already dirty. And she paused and she said, I'm not sure what you're talking about, Jennifer. Uh, this, this sheet is totally white. So it was at that point that I realized something was wrong. But Jennifer didn't tell anybody that something was wrong. And her eyesight continued to get worse. Yeah, she was having trouble seeing the numbers on her locker at school. She was accidentally running into her classmates in the hallways. And then Jennifer's mom found out what was happening. 
we were walking to a friend's upstairs apartment. And as we're walking up the stairs, I tripped. And she paused and asked me, uh, can you not see those stairs, Jennifer? And my response was just as surprised. I said, you can see the stairs? I I truly just thought I was clumsy. So, of course, that's about all it took. My mom had me to the eye doctor the next day. And within a few days, that eye doctor had referred me to an eye hospital. After a few days of testing at that eye hospital, the doctors met with Jennifer and her parents to share the diagnosis. They told us that I had a disease called retinitis pigmentosa. And it had, at that point, become so active that um, I was declared legally blind. Uh, the, the retinas were just deteriorating and floating in my eyes. That's why I was seeing what I thought was black Sharpie marks and eraser dust. It was really just parts of my retina floating in my eye. So it began to make sense that no wonder I couldn't see off of a chalkboard or I was having trouble seeing my own face. And so when the doctors explained, you know, that I was already legally blind, then they went on to explain that the nature of the disease was degenerative. So that meant that it wasn't finished. The same kind of deterioration that had already happened would continue to happen um, over a nameless amount of years. They really couldn't tell us how long until eventually the entirety of my retinas would be gone. And with her retinas gone, Jennifer's eyesight would be gone too. To put it simply, she would be completely blind. When they said that word blindness, That's one of those words that you just never expect. I mean, there's just some words that just totally shock you and shake you. And blindness was one of those words. And so I don't remember even, you know, saying anything back to the doctors. I I don't remember my parents saying anything. I just remember this overwhelming um, silence falling on us. The overwhelming silence continued as the family drove home from the hospital. And I remember sitting in the back seat, touching my fingertips and wondering if I was going to have to read Braille and how in the world I was going to be able to learn that and realizing I wasn't going to be able to drive a car. And I remember what it felt like to realize I'm not going to be able to be an artist. That was it. That was all I was good at. That's all I wanted to do. And I realized I'm not going to be able to do that. So here I am at 15, and my bright future, it's just suddenly draped in shadows. So what did Jennifer do after realizing that her future was draped in shadows? I sat down at the piano. That was the first thing I did when I got home from the hospital. And I played It Is Well With My Soul. And I'm just convinced that God, out of His sweet and maybe even severe mercy allowed a door to be closed at that eye hospital that day. And then he allowed another one to be open right there at that piano in my living room where I began to learn, and I'm still learning, that when we have Christ, we really have everything. We really do lack nothing, as Psalm 23 says. When he's our shepherd, when he's with us, there's nothing that we lack. Because that truth that filled my living room, that filled my heart, and quite honestly still serves as this candle in my darkness today, that truth that it is not well with our circumstances. 
And you know what? That's okay. It's still well with our souls. When peace like a river my way When sorrows like sea billows roll Whatever my light you have taught me to say It is well, it is well with my soul Yes, Jennifer says going blind was well with her soul because of her relationship with Jesus. She trusted that God would be with her the entire way. But that doesn't mean life was easy from that point on. When I went off to college, I was really nervous because, you know, I thought it was a good idea that I was going to be independent, right? And I didn't know anybody at the university. I was going to be a student at Palm Beach Atlantic University. And I had planned that whole summer, you know, to... To I had learned to walk with a cane. I had prepared. The college was ready for me. I was going to be a freshman. I was leaving on August 14th. <laughs> and on August 13th, it hit me. Oh, my goodness. What was I thinking? I can't go to college. I don't know anybody. You know, and I remember crying and begging and <laughs> trying to negotiate with my mom. I don't know what I was thinking. Who's going to help me? Who's going to tell me what food's on my plate? How am I going to know it's safe to cross the street? I mean, I was terrified. And my mom made this arrangement. She said, you know, you have prepared, you've planned, and you have to go. But you only have to go to college for two weeks. (laughs) And if you can't handle it, then your daddy and I will come pick you up. So honestly, I thought, I'm going to make it for two weeks. That's it. 14 days. I'm going to meet my contractual obligations. Something happened in those two weeks, though, that changed Jennifer's mind. I met this guy in the cafeteria line, and he had the most vivacious personality, this can-do spirit. I mean, I couldn't see him, but I thought he was amazing, and I was smitten. And I remember calling my mom within the first two weeks of college and saying, Hey, Mom, I've met this guy named Philip Rothschild. Please don't ever make me come home from college again. (laughs) So you can imagine the end of that story. I graduated from college and then um, my husband, Phil, and I married. And that was over 30 years ago. Phil and Jennifer had two boys, Clayton, born in 1989, and Connor, born in 1998. It was hard, of course, as you can imagine, taking care of babies and little ones, especially when I couldn't see. Um, but we came up with all sorts of techniques, you know, like for example, I, I pinned a jingle bell on the back of each of their little shirts when they were little guys and they were toddling around and that way I could keep up with them. Um, and what's really funny about that is it really told me a lot about their personalities <laughs> because the oldest, you know, he would jingle a little here and there, like going to he'd sit down and he'd read books by himself and then he'd jingle over to another room and he'd play with Legos by himself, you know. And I thought this was so normal until the little one was born. And <laughs> that one, it was like a sleigh ride from morning till night. So um, those are our boys. As much as she has a sense of humor about the challenges she faces, Jennifer also says there are a lot of frustrations that come with blindness. It's hard on my best days. It is hard. And I get frustrated by the injuries that come with it. 
I get frustrated by the limitations. And so sometimes that frustration can bleed into anger, (laughs) but I'm not sure really who I'm angry at. I'm not angry at God. I think I'm just angry with the situation. I just sometimes have trouble with contentment. We asked Jennifer to explain this a little more. Blindness, because it is a loss, through every season of life as I age, it's like I have to re-navigate the loss. When I learned I was going to be a grandmother, I was, of course, so excited. But a few hours after I learned the news, it hit me in such a hard, surprising way. I realized I, I'm not going to be able to see that grandbaby. Now, I have never seen my children's faces, but there was something about realizing I'm not going to see that grandbaby. I'm not going to be able to color with him. I'm not going to be able to drive him to the park. Is he going to, is he going to feel safe with me? Is he going to want to be with me? You know, just suddenly the loss that blindness created in this potential situation, the grief was overwhelming. So the grief and the frustration can still really be strong on some days with some situations. In spite of her grief and frustration, Jennifer says she can't imagine who she would be today without blindness. One of the reasons why? It's given her a platform for Christian ministry. When I married Phil, I was singing a lot in churches in my community there in West Palm Beach, Florida. And he said, you know, we should record Uh, a tape, because this was the day when we still had cassettes. We should record a tape. And I, you know, don't have necessarily the drive that he had or the confidence in myself that he had in me. And so I said, okay. So we went to and recorded a cassette tape of, um, at a studio of the 10 songs I had written. And every time we would go sing somewhere, we would sell our tapes and word got around. And I just began to get invitations to lead worship at women's events. And the more that this began to occur, um, it was just one of the things the Lord opened doors and I walked through them. So at one of these conferences, someone asked if I would come speak at their conference. And before I could say no, Phil said, well, of course she would love to. (laughs) So the lady asked, well, what do you speak on? And Phil, of course, answered before me and he said, it is well with my soul. I mean, he just did it that quick. And I remember walking away. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you've got it in you. You just need to walk through this door. And so truly, I really look back at ministry and know that for me, it was something that was received, not achieved. But Jennifer has achieved a lot in her ministry work. She's a Bible teacher who writes her own studies that are shared on various platforms. She's also written several books, including one that tells her life story. And Jennifer travels and speaks at her own Fresh Grounded Faith Women's events. In all of those outreaches, Jennifer shares about the love and hope that Jesus Christ offers to anyone in any kind of a dark place. And she shared with us why she calls blindness a gift. And I use the word loosely, but it's an interesting gift from the Lord because the very thing, blindness, that should have taken me down, that's the one thing that God has really used, I believe, to to give me a platform of ministry, even though that wasn't what I was looking for. It just has helped me to learn to trust him. You know, when Paul's, Paul asked the Lord in 2 Corinthians, please remove my thorn, please remove my thorn. Um, 
I have prayed that similar prayer, but I'm convinced that it's the thorn that God has used to give me a platform to not only minister for him, but to be ministered to by him, because there's not one thing I could ever um, give women in ministry that he hasn't already given me in private. And I'm just so grateful. So that helps me on my worst days. Be grateful for blindness. Being grateful for the thorns in your life, it's not easy at all. But if you have a relationship with Jesus, like Jennifer Rothschild does, it is possible for it to be well with your soul. Are you searching for that wellness today? Well, God is waiting with open arms. All you need to do is surrender your heart to Jesus. And you can do that right now. Learn how at findpeacewithgod.net. That website again, findpeacewithgod.net. In just a minute, Jennifer's going to share one more story about adjusting to life without sight. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. The scripture says Jesus went about doing good. He saw a blind man that had been blind from birth. Billy Graham. The Bible teaches that we are blind just as that poor blind man that Jesus looked at that night. We're spiritually blind because the Bible teaches not only do you have physical eyes, but you have spiritual eyes. And the Bible teaches that your eyes are closed. Jesus stops tonight in front of you and he looks at you as he looked at the blind man. And the scripture says that he anointed the man's eyes with clay mixed with saliva. And then he knelt down at the pool and washed his eyes. And for the first time in his life, he could see. Oh, the thrill of seeing for the first time. The joy and the happiness. And I tell you tonight, that can happen to you. Can you say tonight? I can see. I have the joy and the peace that Christ can bring. I tell you tonight, I don't care how blind you may be, Christ can touch you and make you a new creation. And you can see spiritually. Jesus can open your spiritual eyes to see the truth of God's love for you. Our guest, Jennifer Rothschild, knew that truth years before she lost her eyesight. During those years where she could see, Jennifer was an artist. And that made things a little bit difficult when she started to lose her ability to see colors. And so I got early on what's called a color detector. And I literally put it up against my clothing and it'll tell me uh, what color it is. But what's funny about that is because I was an artist, I had a really concise eye for color. And so when we were first married, you know, I would ask my husband like about something. I'd say, what, what color is that towel? And he'd say blue. <laughs> and I'd wait thinking I was going to get a description, but all I got was blue. And I'd say, well, what do you mean? Is it a cobalt blue? Is it a Baltic blue? Is it a Wedgwood blue? And I'd name all these blues. He'd say, I don't know. It's just blue. <laughs> 
We are so glad that this woman who accomplishes so much while living with blindness joined us for this episode of GPS. Her name again is Jennifer Rothschild, and you can find out more about her and her ministry at JenniferRothschild.com. Now, there is an S in her last name, so it's Jennifer Rothschild, R-O-T-H-S-C-H-I-L-D.com. Thank you for listening. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. GPS, God, People, Stories, is an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. There's more than we see in these patches of joy, these stretches of sorrow.